Well, good evening. Good evening. Welcome to our Monday, Thursday service. Have you been on a journey this week since Palm Sunday as you read about the story or heard about the story of Jesus coming into Jerusalem? As we know, that was the beginning of Holy Week, a week that is something for us to consider as we, we journey through this week. Today is one stop in that journey. It's a journey that Jesus took on our behalf, one of his passion for us. So tonight we will be remembering, reflecting upon uh, that last supper that he had with his disciples. It was that last time to be the night that he was betrayed. So it is in that context that we come tonight to remember his love for us. Please stand for the call to worship. Join me in the call to worship. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. And also with you. Taste and see the goodness of the Lord. Christ has prepared a feast of love. Please remain standing and sing hymn number 292, What Wondrous Love Is This. Oh 
Please remain standing as we work through the confession and pardon. My sisters and brothers, Christ shows us his love by becoming a humble servant. Let us draw near to God and confess our sin and the truth of God's spirit. Please take a time of silence in our confession. And now join me together in this confession. Most merciful God, we, your church, confess that often our spirit has not been that of Christ, where we have failed to love one another as he loves us, where we have pledged loyalty to him with our lips and then betrayed, deserted, or denied him. Forgive us. And by your spirit, make us faithful in every time of trial, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Who is in a position to condemn? Only Christ. But Christ suffered and died for us, was raised from the dead and ascended on high for us, and continues to intercede for us. Believe the good news. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. Please be seated and prepare to hear the word of God. Hear the words from the book of Exodus, chapter 12, 1 to 14. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in Egypt, This month is to be for you the first month, the first month of your year. Tell the whole community of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, each man is to take a lamb for his family, one for each household. If any household is too small for a whole lamb, they must share one with their nearest neighbor, having taken into account the number of people there are. You are to determine the amount of lamb needed in accordance with what each person will eat. The animals you choose must be year-old males without defect, and you may take them from the sheep or the goats. Take care of them until the 14th day of the month when all the members of the community of Israel must slaughter them at twilight. Then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and tops of the door frames of the houses where they eat the lambs. That same night, they are to eat the meat roasted over the fire along with the bitter herbs and bread made without yeast. Do not eat the meat raw or boiled in water, but roast it over a fire with the head, legs, and internal organs. Do not leave any of it till morning. If some is left till morning, you must burn it. 
This is how you are to eat it, with your cloak tucked into your belt, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. Eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. On that same night, I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn of both people and animals, and I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over it. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. This is a day you are to commemorate for the generations to come. You shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord, a lasting ordinance. And now if you'll turn to the responsive reading from Psalm 116, please turn to page 838. I will begin on 837 and only read number one and two, but you just remain on page 838 and we'll pick up, I'll go to there, we'll just follow it. And you read the bold and I will read the light print. I love the Lord who has heard my voice and my supplications and has inclined his ear to me whenever I called. What shall I return to the Lord for all my benefits? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful ones. O Lord, I am your servant. I am your servant, the child of your handmaid. You have loosed my bonds. I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. And now I'll be reading from 1 Corinthians. Chapter 11, verses 23 to 26. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you will proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Now please stand as we sing hymn number 614 for the bread which you have broken.
please remain standing as we enter into the gospel lesson. We've already heard the Old Testament rendition of the Passover meal, and we have heard of the sharing with the disciples after Jesus was gone, how the disciples after him were meeting together. Now we read about Jesus with his disciples his last time. It was just before the Passover feast. Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served, and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, a person who has had a bath needs only to wash his feet. His whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will glorify the Son in himself and will glorify him at once. My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. This is the word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. Prepare to listen to our ministry of music.
Thank you for that blessing this evening. In the summer of 2002, my wife and I went with our church's youth group on a mission trip to Smyrna, Tennessee, which is just outside of Nashville. There were multiple crews that were with us, so some of us fixed up an elderly woman's mobile home, while others did different projects at church that needed repairs and painting. In the evenings, we would, we would worship together, much like we are tonight, and share how we saw God at work in us and around us. And that way, God touched many in our group in many different ways. I was one of those in the group who had an encounter with God that week, and quite frankly, it caught me off guard. Early in the week, after a day of work and a time at dinner, the mission director asked the adult leaders to, to meet with him while the students had some free time. So we gathered in a small room not knowing why we were meeting. And then the director enters the room with a wash basin and a towel. He then proceeded to wash each of our feet. I was probably the third or fourth person to have, uh, have their feet washed. So I knew what was going to happen, what he was going to do. There was no mystery in what physically was going to occur. However, when he began to wash my feet, I lost it. I wept. This man washing my feet loved the Lord Jesus so much that he embodied what it meant to be one who serves with the genuineness and love of Jesus Christ. Through his humility, his act of service, I was humbled. Now sure, I was there on a mission trip serving as a leader to the youth and building a deck on a woman's mobile home. But until that moment, I don't know that I was truly serving with the heart of Jesus. My first foot washing was the experience God chose to more fully shape my heart for serving as a disciple and not just someone doing a good deed. In Jesus' last days, he, he sought the right time to shape his closest disciples' hearts for their future ministry. Jesus, knowing his time was short, gathered the twelve in a small private room where he could share with them once again what it meant for them to be his chosen disciples. Jesus had spent the, the past couple of years teaching them about God's ways and who he was and God's plan of redemption. He had revealed to them he was the Messiah, the Son of God, sent by the Father to bring the good news of the kingdom of God. Jesus had demonstrated the authority that he had by, 
that he was given through his teachings, through healings and exorcisms and other miracles. It was in this context that the disciples experienced Jesus' love for them in an unexpected way. And they too were caught off guard. John tells us while the evening meal was in progress, Jesus got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around his waist. Again, they were caught off guard. But unlike my experience, this wasn't their first foot washing. It was common hospitality for guests to have their feet washed when coming into the host's home. Usually a servant would be there to wash the guest's feet. However, if servants or, or even children were not present, the host would offer to wash them, show their hospitality. So why were the disciples shocked by Jesus' actions? Well, first, Jesus didn't offer to wash their feet as they came in. You see, he got up from the meal table to initiate this foot washing. It was odd to them. Second, from Peter's reaction, saying, you shall never wash my feet. We can sense Peter elevating Jesus to his rightful position of king and mandating that no king of the Jewish nation would ever lower himself to the level of a foot washer. The Messiah that Peter and likely the other disciples pictured did not match the Messiah Jesus portrayed when he bent down to wash their feet. So in a way, this was their first foot washing. It was completely out of context from any other experience. It was a foot washing with a transformational message. All disciples are called to a life of servanthood. So what was Jesus up to? Well, Jesus' actions are a living parable. Instead of just using a story that the disciples could relate to, Jesus created an experience for them to shape them in his likeness. Jesus was demonstrating the character of the Messiah sent by God, and that same character is expected of any disciple of his. So Jesus explained you call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for this is who I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. So Jesus confirmed his role as teacher and as Lord to them. He is their master. He is our master. Our Lord as well. And he confirmed that servants should never expect to be greater than their master. We are to be like Jesus. He is our example. 
But he also compared their role with him to his role with his father when he said, no messenger is greater than the one who sends him. Now he was obedient to the will of his father. In the gospel according to Mark, Jesus said, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. As master, teacher, and Lord, Jesus was not ashamed to serve his subordinates because his father sent him to serve and then send us in his likeness. We are all servants of the one who sends us. So there is no status among disciples of Christ. There is no shame in serving anyone in the name of the Lord. We are sent to make disciples of the Lord and Savior. Sent to reach the unreached. Meet the people where they are. Love them like Jesus and share the good news. However, like Peter and the other disciples, many of us focus and look at the selfish benefits of being a disciple of Jesus instead. I mean, we focus on what Jesus provides us personally and dying on the cross to cover our sin, rising from the dead, defeating death, and giving us hope of eternal life. But Jesus, in this living parable, directs us to humble service to one another and to those who don't know him yet. He also encouraged his disciples, saying, Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. So on this Holy Thursday, we must ask ourselves, how are we responding to our call of humble service? A blessing awaits us. Amen. On this Holy Thursday, we come in order to remember Jesus' last supper with his disciples. So if we can recall in our minds the, the, the way that they talk about remembering in the scriptures, when they say remember, they're talking about bringing it forward into the presence of your mind. Not just in your mind, but in the presence of where you are, to truly have it in a space with you that you are living in. And in this sacrament, we are to, to understand that Jesus is meeting us here. His presence is with us. Knowing that we come humbly, take a moment of silence once again. Just a brief moment to understand that we come because we are in need of a Savior. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We live in the heart.
Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. From the earth you bring forth bread and create the fruit of the vine. You formed us in your image, delivered us from captivity, and made covenant to be our sovereign God. You fed us manna in the wilderness and gave grapes as evidence of the promised land. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. So holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. When he had turned aside, when we had turned aside from your way and abused your gifts, you gave us in him your crowning gift, emptying himself that our joy might be full. He fed the hungry, healed the sick, ate with the scorned and forgotten, washed his disciples' feet and gave a holy meal as a pledge of his abiding presence. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. And on the night that he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, and broke the bread gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And after the supper, he took the cup, gave thanks to you and gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. It is a new covenant. As often as you drink of it, do this in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and cup. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. The table is set for us tonight. Tonight we will be receiving in, in a way to show our humbleness. I'm going to invite you to come to the rail and kneel at the rail if you're able. If you're not able, please stand at the rail. If you are unable to come forward, make sure the usher knows and we will bring you the elements afterwards. We're going to have the choir go first so that they can return uh, to their seats as we are served. Vic's going to come and 
help me serve tonight. And the ushers will bring you uh, to kind of direct traffic on the rail as we receive tonight. Again, this is a sign of our humility in this day that we remember our need for our Savior and the amount of love he has for us. Let us share this meal together.
Let us pray. Gracious and merciful God, we are so grateful. Grateful that we have something to remember. Something to recall and to bring to the forefront of our minds. To be grateful for. That you have come for us. And in this meal, you joined with us. Your presence is with us in a way that allows us to experience your grace even tonight. Guide us in our journey throughout the rest of this week as we look forward to our celebration on Sunday. But let us keep in mind those days in between the meal together and the tomb. Help us to walk one step at a time. Amen. Please rise for our closing hymn. Ah, Holy Jesus. 289. know Jesus Christ. It is in that that you can go in peace. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.